Hi and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Deadpool 2, directed by David Leitch and released in 2018. The plot of Deadpool 2 goes something like this. Foul-mouthed mutant mercenary Wade Wilson brings together a team of rogues to protect a young mutant boy from the vengeance-seeking time-travelling Cable. And as we usually do, we'll do a quick... Uh, spoiler-free section on Deadpool 2, and then we'll get into spoilers under a warning. Yeah. Um, is it – should people see this movie or are we reviewing oh, it? Or No. I mean, I feel like people are going to see this. If you are in the right demographic to see Deadpool and you saw the last one, you'll probably see this. So Yeah. I mean, if you liked the last one, you'll probably like this one because it's pretty much in the same vein. So, I mean, I, I laughed a lot. Like, I found a lot of it really, really funny. Mm. Um, but I also had some problems with it, which we'll get into it later. But yeah, I think uh, everybody's really good in it, which really helps. Like everybody's so good in it. Mm. Um, Ryan Reynolds obviously loves this role and just relishes every single second that he gets to be Deadpool and it shows through on screen. And that's mm. one of the reasons why it's so successful. He just loves that so much. And then um, Zazie Beetz is great in it. Um, like all the minor roles are also really fun and good. It's mm. just, and, oh God, I love Julian Dennison. He is a treasure and must be protected at all costs. Is he, he is so, so wonderful. He's lovely. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's still a lot of fun and everything like that. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll just get into the other stuff soon. You definitely know what you're getting into with the Deadpool movies and it, it's, you know, like the first one, but turned up 25% and with more money, which they use, they deploy into a really good soundtrack. Yes, um, I love the soundtrack. Which I really, really appreciate. And the score. Mm. Um, oh, oh my the, gosh. The, that cable theme is fantastic. It reminds me of the Winter Soldier theme a little bit, but it's a little less industrial, a little more dubstepy. Uh -huh. But it's really fun and I love it a lot. Mm. Yes, and they do reference that um, in the movie. We'll get into that in spoilers. But yeah, it is. Um, I had a, I also had a lot of fun watching this. And like the things I had that I felt were wrong with it, I also had so much fun that I didn't think about them too much while I was watching it, even though they annoyed me at the time. But um, it just well, it's, so, it's out of the way pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a sort of rollicking good time, and it's very it, it does the fourth wall self-referential stuff really well. Deep, deep references into Marvel lore um, and other lore. I mean, and, and comic and book lore, like, but just also into cinema. Like, yeah, there's Goonies. a lot of deep, <laughs> deep references that people did not get in our cinema. There's a lot of deep cuts for for movies that like. Katie's and, mad because there's a Goonies reference that none of us picked up except her. Yeah, and but that's not the only one. Like the Basic Instinct thing, nobody picked up till it was like they said it. Is that? Yeah, oh. that, the, um, but in our cinema. Like, they didn't sort of have that giggle of recognition. Um. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into spoilers now because we're sort of starting to get go a bit that way. So if you haven't seen Deadpool 2 and you don't want to be spoiled, uh, come back to the rest of this episode after you have. Now you've got me thinking about the basic instinct reference, which did make me giggle. Yeah. But, I mean, so many things made me giggle, like when they talk about Cable and his his Winter Soldier arm and then they, on the score, they bring in the, yeah. like, the Winter Soldier score in there just for a second. Yeah. And when... <laughs> when he calls him Thanos. Mm, that was funny. That was very funny to me. Yeah, there's a lot. But the, all those kind of in-joke stuff that um, that made me laugh. But, the, I mean, my, the thing is that my biggest problem with this movie is exactly the same as my biggest problem with Deadpool 1. It's really generic storytelling. Mm. Like, the, the basic story is so, so basic and boring and sexist. Yeah. Because they literally fridge Vanessa 
and Cable's wife yeah, and daughter. Three women die in the service of male storylines. Right. And so um, Melissa sent me this article before we were going to do this. Now, for me, one of the biggest problems with it, like I was like, oh, they fridged her. They're going to make a lot of references now to having fridged her, right? Because mm. this is supposed to be self-referential. And even in the credits it says, did they just kill her? Yes. And I was like, oh, they're going to reference that the fridging and to me that would have saved it a lot like yeah. if they had been self-aware of that trope but they wanted to use that trope to tell the story if they had been self-aware that they were using that it wouldn't have bothered me as much but the guys didn't even know about the trope like you sent me that article and they were like oh we had no idea that this was a trope and i'm like how mm. you're literally writing a movie of the most self-referential character like hyper meta fourth wall breaking character in comics this is famously a comic book trope first how were you not aware of it mm. you used it three times in your movie and then never referenced the fact that that was ha hacky storytelling mm. and it drives me up the yeah. wall the article in ref if is on uh, vulture and it was um it's gone went a bit viral on Twitter last night, but you it may have gotten buried under Royal Wedding tweets. But um it's called it's it by keeps Abraham Reisman on Vulture and I'll we'll put it in the show notes. But like just some some choice quotes from the writers. Oh, I would say no, we didn't even think about it in regards to did you notice this trope that you did? And then two seconds later, we didn't know what fridging was. Like, literally, these are professional writers hired to write the most self-referential of the comic book movies. Yes. Like, what? I know. It's, Just, it's insane to me that they didn't, like, even yeah. if they didn't know about the trope, surely they knew that killing off a female character like that was something that happens a lot in comics. Right. But they were so, like... Oh, we just wanted to have Deadpool at his lowest, so we killed off the one thing yeah. that was important to him. And we don't realize how that's sexist. Of course it's sexist. Like, that in itself is not a sexist trope, but they're all white males who are the main characters, and this is how it became a sexist trope. Yeah. Because that that happens all the time, right? It happens yeah. also to, um, like, female characters. If you look at, like, Hunger Games, things like that, that you know, when they killed off um, Prim at, in the um, third book. Sorry. Hunger Games spoilers from like years ago if you didn't know but um stuff like that is like you know taking away the last thing they have which is often a person is really common mm. but the problem is because all the protagonists are men and they yeah. tend to be straight men that tends to mean killing their girlfriends who have no agency yeah Got girlfriends and daughters which is what happens with Cable's character and it's uh, you and you can subvert it like every so often you will see a female character who's like lost a male partner and that's kind of interesting right because it's so unusual right um but it's all killing like i i don't consider like some people do consider killing female characters for female characters fridging i don't because yeah i mean it, I, it would absolutely depend on the context if it was the female character's girlfriend but then it'd probably already be subversive by having a queer lead no but then you've got the kill your gaze trope which is a different which is trope. worse <laughs> yeah that's a different trope um, but I mean, like, uh, like for, to take my Hunger Games example because mm. this is years old, and you guys probably already know it. But yeah, killing. I don't consider killing Prim to send um, Katniss to rock bottom to be fridging. Mm. I don't think that's fridging because it's for a female character, and because Prim went in and wanted to be a nurse yeah. and wanted to, like chose it to do that, knew the dangers and stuff. Makes so, sense in the context of the story. Whereas yeah. the same article also says that the initial script had Vanessa break up. Yeah. with Deadpool and that's what spurred him onto all this stuff and the writers deliberately made a choice to like up the stakes by killing her 
Yeah, but no, I mean, like, it, it does make sense in context, right? Like, it makes sense in the context that they're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I can see that. But they also gave, like, they, they didn't think to give her any agency in it. They did, And they did it while they were talking about baby names mm. in, in like, baby blue and baby pink clothes. Mm. Like, it's so on the nose. And they don't ever, if you're going to do something that's that on the nose and in a self-referential movie... You have to then be self-referential about it mm. for it to work for me. Yeah. And that's why it drove me crazy. Like yeah. it just is so – and that's my problem with the first one because the first one was a story that literally we've seen a lot yeah. of times before but, you know, very directly from um, Dark Man. Yeah. And then the, re- the rest of the story is also really lazy. Um, he, he finds a kid that he relates to who's um, suffering in this horrible situation of, of clear uh, gay conversion therapy parody uh, – not parody um, – Parable? Yes, pa- analog, parable. And then he gets together a team of rogues to try and save the kid. Like it's it's very um, – it, that, that stuff, none of that is interesting or none of that is new in terms of storytelling either. Yeah, but with the um, the gay conversion metaphor, again, they don't hang a lantern on that. He, Deadpool talks about how the X-Men are a, a outdated um, um, metaphor for metaphor racism, for racism yeah. in the 70s, but he doesn't talk about the modern sexuality mm. um, aspects of it. So that's weird too. Yeah, which um, but it's, well, it's also so clear, and they use words like abomination. You are an abomination, yeah. and things like that. So it, it seems so clear and obvious. Yeah. Um, but you would think they might have been a little more overt about it, given the way they're more overt about other things. Yeah, that's why. That, that, yeah. So sometimes I'm wondering if they actually meant it to be that way, because if mm. to me, if they don't hang a lantern on it in this movie, mm. they didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to think that they meant any of the stuff that they don't directly reference yeah there's also (laughs) i found it really frustrating in this movie how they never explain how the world currently functions within the context of this film because it's clearly very different to what we know but it's also not in any x-men continuity that we know Mm. right yeah because in this world they have collars that can turn off people's powers yeah which is kind of huge honestly well, like, and that wasn't in the first film no it wasn't in the and first film and it hasn't been in any of the x-men films either no and it's like it's a big big thing like one of the x-men films whole plot was around whether or not you can turn off your powers and i'm sure there'd be loads of people who would choose to have those collars and that would be Rogue. like yes that would be a whole story to itself mm. like the fact that these just show up in this movie but aside from that even putting that aside they put a 14 year old in jail with adults who hasn't killed anybody mm. like he hasn't like even manslaughter he hasn't killed anybody he's yes he's dangerous but he's 14 and they have a lot of teenagers with these problems there's got to be another place that they put them like say i don't know the x mansion right like, so, yeah somewhere between somewhere between the horrible mutant conversion house yeah and the jail where the and I think there's some problematic stuff around the kid because he's meant to be 14 and he and Julian Dennison looks young. I don't actually know how old he is. I'd but say he he's is probably 14. a teenager. 14. And I worry about some of the stuff they have him say or say to him. Like I know like as a 14-year-old boy, he's probably personally not going to be too bothered by it. But I can remember when the first one of these came out, somebody I worked with at the time had took their 13-year-old son to see it, to see Deadpool. And I was horrified. Like she was like, well, he he understood the references and stuff, and I'm like, sure, 
okay, you've given your child appropriate sex ed and all that kind of thing. And he's very excited to go and see this very sweary adult movie because, of course, he is. He's a 13-year-old boy. And I don't know, I felt a bit uncomfortable at times with some of the stuff they I, – more the stuff that they said to him, which may have gone over his head. But, like, they do also have him do quite a bit of swearing and stuff. Yeah. Like heavy swearing. Yes. I, I mean – that's really something for him and his parents and stuff to decide. Uh, he's actually 16. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware it. of that. Like, I'm sure there would have been discussions on set about what he could have said and couldn't have said. It just, there was certainly, that was like kind of shocking. Well, yeah, but it's intentionally shocking. Mm. Like, it's, but also it shows, it puts a really good, like, kids who are um, in situations like him will be like him. Mm. Um, and they wanted yeah, you to think that he might, yeah, and, yeah. And they wanted you to think, you know, they wanted him to be of an age where there could be a debate about killing him, mm. and like he could be aware of his actions to a point and things like that. I mean, I have been around like twelve-year-olds who are more inappropriate than anything yeah, well, in this well, movie. That's what I'm saying. Around. No, a fourteen-year-old, so. like you, definitely like fourteen-year-olds will push boundaries like that. That's why it was sort of odd because you know that as a 14-year-old he's probably delighted to be given permission to be this sweary and this icky. He could but, be, but I mean, yeah. It And there's a lot of stuff around like he knows that he's acting mm. and this is a movie and that it's not real and things yeah, yeah. like that as well, you know. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think there's as much problematic stuff in Hunt for the Wilder People that they say to and about him mm. as there is in this movie. It's just that in this movie, it's more sweary. Mm, okay. Like, there's stuff in Hunt for the Wilder People where I was like, that's an awful thing to say to a teenage boy. And he was younger then, too, well, a couple uh, the, years the younger. One that particularly got me was that you'll just win the competition for softest lips. Yes. That bit. That's, but he was he even he wasn't even in shot for that, so he might not he have heard that. He was in shot. Was he? But it could have been said off screen because Deadpool says it Deadpool's off screen at that point. Yeah. So And it might have gone off over his head. Oh yeah, he might not have heard it. He might have mm. gone over his head. But even if it didn't like I just you know, I think as long as the like parents are consenting and they have a lot of conversations around it and stuff and it's all done healthily, it's okay. Because there's a big difference between like what he will do in terms of acting and things like that. And um, there's probably worse real-world stuff around Julian Dennison that's being said. Be, yeah, I'm being on a film set, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just think, I don't know. I, see, I, just, I have I just, a much bigger issue with all the fat stuff. Well, yeah. We're, and that happened. And that's why I'm saying Hunt for the Wilder People was exactly the same. Mm. Sam Neill, like, bullied him in Hunt for the Wilder People about being fat. Mm. And in this movie, they go on about him having diabetes and all of this stuff. Mm. Like, it's a lot – it's actually less. Yeah, it's not it's as bad less as than Hunt for the Wilder People about being fat. And, like well, – Because he also gets to speak up and set and talk about, like, wanting to be a plus-size superhero. Right, like, and exactly. How, and the, the industry is really biased or whatever. Which I thought – I loved that. Uh, yeah, me too. But, <laughs> but that's the thing is that, like, you know – and it's giving him agency around that and stuff, which is right, nice. exactly. But, but yeah, I, I don't – I have a bigger problem with that than the – jokes because teenage boys would love those jokes they're telling those jokes so to me that's less of a problem as long as he's kind of aware of the you know issues and stuff and they Mm. talk to him about it than the fat stuff yeah because that's more picking on him for something that is out of his control Mm. right like that yeah yeah yeah. and fat phobia is such a big issue it's it's so ingrained and it's it's considered normal right so yeah that that's my take on it um, it just doesn't I, – I know it's shocking and everything, but I, I think if you just – It's just because last week we had this whole conversation about Nicolas Cage and his 
their son in in mum and dad and the things he was saying and and you always get like up about kids and inappropriate stuff and it doesn't normally happen to me but this time it was me who was feeling uncomfortable i think yeah it's like contextual and stuff like that kid was a lot younger we still don't know how old he's supposed to be in the movie but he's a lot younger and Nicolas cage was talking directly to him about having sex with women in cars and swearing at him and things like that like Mm. it was much more kind of he was like eight he's not 14 Mm. he's not going around like you know, if he's going around making these jokes, it's a very different thing. And also 14-year-olds are at a whole different level of um, higher-order thinking than 8-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. So, if, yeah, I think it just it just depends contextually for me. Mm. And mum and dad also, he's being trying to be portrayed as like a really good father figure. <laughs> and in Deadpool, it's the exact opposite. Like a lot of this stuff is to prove that Deadpool is not a good father figure, that yeah, he yeah. is not somebody – like he's trying – to stop Russell from latching on to him. Yeah. So it's a really, they're really different situations to me. And that's the, I think the context um, side of it. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I am, I do tend to be really protective of mm. kids, but I also think it's important to like give them more independence as they get older and things like that. So. Yeah. And you also <laughs> talk about speaking of the Goonies, like, Kids in movies nowadays are often almost too sanitized. Yes. Like you don't, they don't, you never even hear them swear, which yes, is exactly completely unlike what kids are like. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think that's, and especially like that's the thing is as it's, um, I think that movies are just really bad at knowing how old kids are. Yeah, yeah, and aging appropriately with them, which is a lot of the problems you see about is about kids in movies is just the inappropriateness of the industry towards kids like just they treat everyone who's on set like an adult even if they're not yeah and then in the movies they treat everybody who's under 18 like they're two until they look like they're 20 mm. and then they treat them like proper adults regardless of mm. what age is so it, it um i actually think in context the portrayal of russell in this movie was very very good um he acted very much like a 14 year old there's a lot of bravado there's a lot of swearing and stuff but behind all of that stuff is somebody who is still a child and who is still kind of um, really affected by th- by like the way that he's being treated and things like that. So for me, it was actually really great. Um, mm. perf- like you don't see a lot of portrayals of 14-year-olds like this. And and that, that was what was one of the great things about Hunt for the Wilder People as well, was that he was, si- uh, it was a pretty similar role. Mm. He's got a lot of this bravado and he acts really tough. But he's actually he's um, still a kid who's really suffering from a suffering, really yeah. yeah has had a really difficult life and and he gets to kind of do a lot of stuff in this movie and portray a lot of things which is really nice I mean I actually mm. quite I really liked that it was one of the best char- he was one of the best characters for me mm. and instead of just being a pawn in this Cable versus Deadpool thing mm. he actually was you know he was making his own decisions and mm. stuff like that. So to me, that was great. Mm. Um, it was one of the better parts of the movie, fridging and stuff aside. <laughs> yeah. I, speaking of better parts of the movie, to see Beats with uh, as um, Domino, yes, was really great. Um, I thought she was really great. <laughs> she seems almost periphery to a lot of the action. Well, yeah, I, I would like to see more of her. You know, Deadpool came about because he was a pop- he was a side character in someone else's movie. You know, it would be nice to have her have her own movie and that kind of thing because she she certainly seemed interesting. Mm. And there were a couple of little sequences about her 
her luck. I love that it, it and it shows really well from her perspective what is luck ends up having horrible consequences on like other people. Often, yes. often the luck is at the expense of everyone else around her. Well, because she's lucky. And then she seems to be able to direct that, like if she chooses if she to protect somebody to, yeah. then. Um, but um, but that's because it's she wants that. There's a whole sequence in this in the middle of this movie where you're like, there are lots of people dying. Uh-huh. But of course, you never see any of them dying, so it doesn't count, like a Fuss and the Furious movie. Yeah. Aside from the, the gag of the X-Force. Yeah. Um, which is like... The the X Force gag kind of didn't work at all for me until we saw Brad Pitt as the Vanisher, and the Vanisher up until that point was one of my favorite gags in the whole movie because yeah, yeah. it just kept doing like close ups of like an empty parachute yeah, yeah. And stuff that was just like it was really funny to me. Uh-huh. Um, there are a few gags in this movie that made me laugh. I think more than anybody else, but I loved that. Well, stuff. I I actually disagree with you. You laughed at it before Brad Pitt showed up because when they're jumping off the helicopter and oh, they're yeah. Peter? Yes. He? Um, he's like this ordinary dude and he like they're it's all standing at the back and they all just leap off the helicopter. But he like an ordinary person like sits down and oh, you yeah, were <laughs> cracking up. I know that was that was I was gonna say that was one of my favorite gags. I meant the deaths, like the Oh, th- that didn't work for me yeah. until that. But See, the, I didn't that- actually recognize it as Brad Pitt. It all went by too fast and I only noticed it when I looked in the credits later. It was like, it was like young Brad Pitt too. It was weird. They'd like CG'd him to look younger, I swear. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, but it was it was like, I was like crying laughing at that bit where Peter scoots off. I don't know. It just, that kind of thing tickles me. Yes, I'm weird. yes. Um, and then Deadpool has to kind of shove him off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the... Um, the, yeah, the other just, ones weren't as effective. No, and it was like, that's the thing is that, you know, in a movie like this, what you take seriously and what you don't take seriously and what's real and what's not real is a kind of a blurred line. Right. Like, clearly we're not supposed to take this X-Force deaths seriously. No. But, like, Deadpool just killed a bunch of people by being... Some of whom are, like, name actors, like Terry Crews, in name um, roles. Yes. Yeah, and Terry Crews probably didn't deserve it. Um, I I liked. I got excited that Lewis Tan was in there for a minute. Yeah, it was Lewis Tan as well. Um, very but I think Shatterstar is like a not popular character from the comics. I think people don't like him. Um, and the Vanisher was clearly like a sight gag. Yeah. Um, but with Terry Crews and the Skarsgård, which like, yeah, it's it's the it's the it Skarsgård. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård. But the thing is, earlier in the movie. There's this guy who's an orderly, and I was like, isn't that a Skarsgård? And he's not, but he looks so much like Bill Skarsgård that when Bill Skarsgård turned up, he was like, isn't that the same guy? Yes, it looks so so much alike. Why would you cast two people who look that much alike in this movie? Yeah. Like, that was bizarre. Yeah. I just was like, did they use him for two roles? Did they run out of actors in Vancouver or wherever they shot The other guy, yeah, is is called Nikolai Witchell. Witchell. And they could a, play twins. Yeah. They're so alike. And the thing is, it's not like there aren't enough scars guards to go around. There are six of them and they all act. But also, like, you, if you know that you're putting somebody else in the movie who looks like Bill Skarsgård, yeah. why would you put somebody else like in the movie who bizarre. looks like Bill Skarsgård? It was such a weird moment for me. But, yeah, mm. um, that, like the Bill Skarsgård character, like, th- that was a weird. It was. His death and then, like, Yeah. I mean, we kind of knew that Peter eventually was like was going to die, yeah, because he had no skills whatsoever and clearly shouldn't be doing this, but mm. wanted to anyway. 
Um, it's a very Deadpool gag to yeah. to have like the probably half the audience that like that's the audience that cut that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was it was funny. Yeah. Um, but um, the re- yeah, that kind of was. I think a lot of the jokes were hit and miss for me, but so many of them were hit that I kind of missed a lot of the misses. Exactly, I had the same experience. I just I had a lot of fun watching this, and I. I completely like I'd forgotten we were going to see it. Was all kind of organized last minute. I there wasn't. I didn't hadn't seen a lot of publicity around it. Um, but I've seen so much publicity. Yeah, my husband it. reckons he has too. But my head's been in royal wedding land for so long. By that the I way, just was like ruined my Twitter timeline. Like because everything suggested to me was all royal wedding related. So I didn't see. Oh, I didn't know. That, I don't. I don't go on the Twitter app, so I don't know that. Twitter, I didn't know that Twitter suggests things. Oh yeah, because it well, what it does is it reorganizes. Yeah, that's why I don't go on the Twitter on the Twitter app. I just I use... don't like the one that's by timeline because there's all these boring tweets. All right, from, like before I get to anything interesting, because I don't know. I guess I don't, you don't check, check it in enough. very often. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, but I did have to share you Gina Torres because she looked amazing. Oh yeah, that was great. But like, yeah, the, I think it was like you and one other. But it was like, yeah, there were only like two people, I swear, but there was so much of it that everything else that came up with Royal Wedding. And I was like, sorry. Like literally there was nothing else on Twitter last night, at least as far as I could tell. Yeah. Pretty much um, that was it. I mean, not that like I'm not going up to people and going, I don't care. But when my Twitter's going, look at Royal Wedding stuff, I'm like, else <laughs> yeah it's just no I know, I know what she wore now yeah I'm um, good yeah so I it, like I feel like Deadpool got a bit um shafted just because of the weekend it came out um but that said it meant that uh, I wasn't expecting much when I went in on Friday night to watch it and then I had a really good time and yet like I can see that it had problems but like the fun stuff swept me along so much that I kind of let the problems go and there is also like the um Post and mid credit sequences. Oh yeah, where like he go- goes back and fixes the timeline, mm. um, and so he, you know, he saves Vanessa. Although I'm like, if he she's not dead, what spurs on the action of the rest of the film? Yeah, but then if Cape, we already know that Cable's wife and daughter died, but then they come back to life because of his time so traveling. So I think um, the way that time travel works for these guys in this movie, they just remember everything that happened right um and yeah so i I don't know exactly how time the time travel works but it seems to not just not affect anything mm. um like that things already happened okay to deadpool and then like he's on but- one timeline so if he goes back so like him going back is maybe creates a new timeline that he's in or something but he it seems like just the timeline he's on stays okay the same Right. Um, because that, like, K- otherwise it wouldn't have happened because Cable wouldn't have gone. Yeah, back. yeah. So, um, yeah. Also, I was, I was really, I found it really odd that they didn't go into any ideas that maybe Cable caused, um, caused, um, Russell to become more unstable by going back and trying to kill him. Yeah. Like, I was kind of surprised that it didn't go into those kinds of ideas mm. with, um, you know, like prophecy and, and, you know, Stuff like that, like self-fulfilling mm. prophecies. Like, mm. if you go back and try and kill him, will you make him worse? Right. Those kinds of ideas. I'm yeah, surprised yeah. the movie didn't even try and get into that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It's just very surface level storytelling. Yeah. It, it is. It's like candy. It's it's real like 
satisfying, fun surface stuff, but there's no it's nothing. Like minions to... for adults. Yeah, whoever said that? Demi Adjuwebe. That was Demi Adjuwebe on Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that is not. It's not wrong. Yeah. Well, that yeah, and that, that's exactly it. It's just like I mean, it hits all the beats that a story is supposed to. Yeah, and it hits all the beats that the audience wants. The art, the R-rated Marvel comic slash comic book fans like the jokes and the references are just like they they hit perfectly but you're too busy being distracted by all that to kind of get into the other ways the movie could be more interesting and the thing is because everybody is so good the emotional beats kind of sell like josh mm. brolin does not bring any humor into cable which is great because it plays really really well off mm. everybody else and he's very hard to kind of break like he's very focused and and um yeah and and very serious you talk about ryan reynolds and this is he's so good in this Mm. part just watching him move like the physicality of the character the way deadpool moves around the world he's kind of like got this looseness like contemporary dance almost feel to the way he moves sometimes but then they also like use his body in really interesting ways because of the whole his ability to kind of heal himself Mm. and he that was another one of my favorite moments in the yeah. movie um, when he uses his own arm like around his back to put um, <laughs> Than- Thanos <laughs> to, to, yeah. to put Cable in a chokehold. Yeah, I yeah. loved that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm down for some like – the thing is I'm, I, I'm usually down for some like gory stuff as long as it's played funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that was very funny um, and like Deadpool getting ripped in half by, um, by Juggernaut. Oh, Juggernaut. Um, who was also great, yeah. and Ryan Reynolds. Um, but Cable getting uh, Deadpool getting ripped in half by Juggernaut was very funny to me. Yes, like it just doesn't kind of yeah. I, and I liked the the kind of ragdolliness of him. Yes, um, I love that stuff. The way they kind of fling him around and and everything. Yeah, is, it, it looks really good. Yeah, and it, 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 it uses that stuff like you said in a way that they never use in Wolverine. And yeah, stuff. well, you also never see, like. Um, say Spider-Man who's got a similar costume, you can tell by looking, like in silhouette, you can see the difference between like the way he moves compared – I mean, obviously he's got the swords, but um, the way he moves versus the way like a Spider-Man moves. Mm. So it, it's a very distinctive you recognise him in silhouette thing, which is important for a superhero. Yeah. he. But Ryan Reynolds kills it. Like in full mask with no expression, he's brilliant. Like yeah. he's just always really, really good. Um, but also when he takes the mask off, he's really, really good. He, I know. Yeah. So I, he sells a lot of the emotion of stuff that I don't care about or don't want to happen, you know. Yeah, I think it was interesting actually. There's, he spends a lot of time in Wade makeup in the like with his Wade face on. Yeah. So much so that there's a bit where um, he meets Vanessa in the afterlife and he walks through this thing and he turns back into Ryan Reynolds and I'm like it shocked me for a minute. I'm like, but that's not what your boyfriend looks like. Why would you want him to look like that? Yeah, it and it was it was weird. Like, of course, you know, you get to heaven, you don't have any of your injuries anymore. But it was weird, and I was I'd forgotten that that's not what he looked like. And they did a, I thought they did a really good job with that makeup, and he wears it a lot. Like, there's a lot more shots of him with the mask off. Mm. Yeah, um, and um, of course, at the very end of the movie, we also see Ryan Reynolds as Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when they're cleaning up the timeline mid-credits sequence where he goes back in and um kills the version of deadpool from x-men origins wolverine the i was gonna say the worst movie in the x-men franchise but it's got some competition from x3 but 
I, I think I Wolverine, think Wolverine is, is worse because X three has a plot that makes sense. Yeah, whereas Wolverine even though it's is... kind of a like you know it's dumb as yeah, anything, yeah. but it has a plot that makes sense. Whereas Wolverine is jumps all over the place. It doesn't make any sense. There's mm. no reason for things to be happening. But yeah, that is I um like as soon as it panned up his body, I was like, oh, I know what they're doing, mm. and that made me really happy. I liked that more than the killing Ryan Reynolds joke. Yeah, just because it. I don't know. That just made me really happy. It just yeah, made me laugh a lot. Well, it, it, yeah, and it also the cleaning up the timeline thing is is fun. Like that whole yes. that it's it's X-Men's, it's a wish fulfillment. Yeah, and X Men is so full. X Men's timeline is so full of contradictions and things that like cr- don't work together and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Uh, speaking of X Men, I love the little cameo of them yes. closing. <laughs> like they got everybody there, got them all in makeup so that you could have. One Less scene. than a second yep. of them closing a door. Was that amazing. was great. And also, like, because it's it's not just good because it's a good cameo and a good moment. It It is the perfect punchline to a joke. Yes. Because in the last movie, they couldn't afford anybody. So they just had Colossus and, and Nick Teenage Sonic Teenage, Teenage yeah. Warhead in the, in the um, X-Mansion. Yeah. In this one, they're fully, like you know, hanging a lantern on it that none of them want to see Deadpool. And so, like, Colossus and Deadpool are just wandering around. He's like, where is everybody? Why is it only ever you here? And then we see they are there. They just don't want anything to do with him. Yeah. Which is hilarious. So, yeah, it is. It's like, it's a that, those kinds of jokes are so good because they work on more than one level, too. Yes. And it's a funny sight gag. Yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate those kinds of things. I like That's the kind of thing that Deadpool does so well, though, is that this is why it frustrates me when they don't put thought into their storytelling because they mm. put so much thought into so many of the gags. Yeah. the the um I can see so much cosplay future for things like Domino walking down the street with Deadpool on her back. Yes. Like you're going to see a lot of that, I think. But then the next... it's also a Star, Wa- a Star Wars reference. Yeah. It's a Star Wars reference and there's a mm. whole bunch of stuff that like that levels that that works on. And some of the gags, like some lines are just so fast that I think if I watched it again, I'd probably catch yeah, more jokes. Yeah, oh, definitely. Things just went past. And, and then you got like random Alan Tudyk cameo with and apparently Matt Damon. I was going to ask if you recognized him because I did not. Nope. I did not. I did not. Yeah. But it was a lot of makeup apparently. Yeah. Well, I he didn't had recognize a- Brad Pitt. How was I going to recognize Matt Damon? I, I just wasn't. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt was easy to recognize because it was just his face. But Matt Damon was like, yeah, in this like big beard and everything. Yeah, full on. With a southern accent. And But Alan Tudyk, I recognized immediately. And yeah, we like, both like, is that Alan Tudyk? Yeah. Um, which was really funny because he didn't even talk in nope, that scene. And he didn't come back. And it which was just was a Terminator reference before, again, before Terminator was in text. Mm. Like at one point, um, Deadpool calls Cable Terminator. But before that, he Terminators in and like takes the you know, the yeah. truck and stuff, which is a reference to how yeah. um, he appears in ter- and how Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger appears in Terminator. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, th- that's what I mean by, like, the, the cinematic references yeah, and things. Yeah, it's really smart. They're yeah. really smart. I know. It, this is the thing is that they're so smart in so many ways. <laughs> and they're so dumb in some really basic ones. Yes. And that – I mean, I know that I'm like, well, you know, a lot of the time – to introduce a big, shiny new world, they have to rely on very basic plots. Mm. But Deadpool's supposed to be subversive. That's his point. That's his purpose is mm. that he is subversive. He is not supposed to be the guy who does exactly the same thing that everybody else is doing. Right. And if you're if you're so well-versed in, like, comic book lore and the Marvel Universe and movies, 
you'd think you'd have a bit more smarts about plot tropes. Yeah. And and if you're going to use them, you'd be a bit smarter about, you yeah. know. Yeah, like hanging a lantern on it. Right, or making it interesting or doing something different with it. Like they couldn't have had it be more, you know, tropey and ridiculous. Mm. He even immediately then goes to the black woman's house for her to inst- instill some wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? That's really where you're going with this? That's the immediate thing is that then like an old black lady has to, you know. Yeah, teach him how to be better. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And like from riddles from beyond and all that. It's so, so tropey. It's so predictable and like, yeah, it that frustrates the hell out of me because mm. – you know, everything, if you're going to be this clever and subversive, you want to do it well. I did also read something that was like, oh, it's got this kind of sense of superiority. Yeah. I saw a review and I'm like, well, I don't know if you can really have a sense of superiority if you're that aware of your own. Like, it, it is so self-aware. Yeah. Um. So, they're aware frequently of how ridiculous certain things are. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, that doesn't. That doesn't track for me. No, um, not for me either. I yeah, because even though like the movie was a huge success, it's still I think there's still definitely a feeling among the filmmakers that they're the little engine that could. Mm. They're this little scrappy, you know, film that made it out of nowhere kind of thing and had to had to hustle to be made and all that that sort of stuff. Well, the first one was. I actually did watch it really was. Um I watched an interesting um panel interview with uh, the guy who directed the first one well after he knew that he wasn't going to be directing the second one mm. and Rob Liefeld, um, and who is a, a comic book author, that uh, um, artist that was directly referenced as well. Yeah, he can't draw and feet. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he created Deadpool and Domino. Yes. Um, and um, he also can't draw women. He, has, he is one of the most notorious um, bizarre proportions of women yeah artists um but yeah he um this panel interview was kind of revealing and interesting in just how it got made and like the way that they were talking about the leak of the the original footage Mm, that that short footage where matt rob liefeld was like oh no oh no they're definitely gonna fire the director now because they he was sure that that guy had leaked it yeah, like yeah. he was positive that it was the director who had leaked it Mm-mm. to the point where they were like, oh, no, he was like, oh, no, they're going to show up at his house and arrest <laughs> him. Like, and but then they were like, oh, no, it was probably Ryan. It was Ryan Reynolds. And, yeah. Almost certainly. Right. But like they, they the, you know, the, the leak of that stuff and that's like it it was a very um, like decisive move. Like yeah, they, they did was, that yeah. on purpose to get the movie made because they knew it was failing and they knew that they mm. weren't going to get it done yeah. unless people wanted it. So it really was like a, a – it was a struggle to get yeah, it to the no, and, and But I think they still – like it's definitely still they know where they came from. Yeah. And then you can see that Ryan Reynolds has is, is, got a writing credit on this. Yes. Um, he This is his passion and like – Ryan Reynolds has one of these interesting careers where he's like often making dodgy choices and this is something where he just kind of knew and where his instincts and whatever like leverage and power that he has paid off yeah. um, with him and he really loves it and he knows how important this is for him. Like this is actually a good career decision for him. Not just that, he he loves this character. Yes. It's not just about the career decision like – 
this is definitely what he wants to be doing at the moment. Yeah. And he's so much like the character. Like, mm. it's just, you know. Um, but mm. so for me, the references in this play very differently to the references in something like Ready Player One. Oh, God, yes. Um, because the references in this, it's uh, A, not necessarily expecting all the other characters or the audience to know what Deadpool's talking about. Yeah. Like, it, they're not saying these things with a kind of, oh, you should know all this. It's saying those things with a kind of, Deadpool knows all this because he um, is removed from realities and reality yeah. in some ways. So it, it it's much less, um, it's much less like if you don't know all of my all of the references within the movie, then you're a bad person. Like right. not or not all the heroes in the movie know what he's talking about. No, the references are also strategic, smart, mm. and they're too like. They're too, too, like, bigger, more powerful, a lot of the time, bigger, more powerful franchises that sort of dead, Deadpool can only exist because of them, but also Deadpool exists to parody them. So, mm. you obviously, Marvel, obviously the big DC stuff, <laughs> both of their mothers were named Martha. That's a really early joke. That was fantastic. Um, but, the like, the those kind of references – back to the, the from the little scrappy movie that could back to these much bigger more powerful things and the Hugh Jackman stuff that played in the first movie and in this one because and Hugh Jackman's such a great sport that you mm. know he was in on all of that like in this one there's a scene where um Ryan Ren- uh, where Deadpool signs Ryan Reynolds name on a Hugh Jackman cereal box Hugh Jackman's Wolverine cereal box like yeah. all that sort of stuff of like um, th- that that sort of we know we're not the most powerful people in the X universe. We know we're not the most powerful people in the Marvel universe or the superhero universe. Well, let's also um um in the lead up to this in the um press run, there there's actually a video of Hugh Jackman trying to um wish somebody happy birthday and Deadpool is in it like ruining it for him. So <laughs> he is not just aware of it. He's he's been yeah, part yeah, no, of this. Yeah, he's press he's tour. such a good sport yeah. and he loves doing this stuff. But yeah, the. The self re- the, the other thing about it is that the references that they're making aren't like it, it, it's not all super nerdy kind of superior no. things like right he, they play a Dolly Parton song yes. he likes Dolly Parton he likes Hello Kitty he likes things that aren't like kind of the the and take on me of, by Aha as well yeah. which is also quite feminine and kitsch and yeah and Enya at one point too um yeah so it's not like the highest like kind of um high nerd culture no it's like he he likes a variety of things and he kind of puts yeah. all of it in there and some so of the ref- not- some of the things are like um bonuses for paying attention like the um gregorian chant song that is oh holy shit balls <laughs> yes which i yeah the, the the on the soundtrack um it's like oh, my, oh holy shit balls the juggernaut is so strong we can't beat him kind yeah of and then the some of the and the explanations i think of references are good like Big CGI fight coming up, mm. like that sort of oh, stuff. I didn't like that because they played it. They did that twice. Oh, did they? Yeah, he made a CGI jo- fight joke twice, and I was like, it was funny the first time. Yeah, it's not yeah. funny the second. Time. But that, that, like that kind of stuff is fun, and it, it doesn't talk down to the audience, but it also doesn't assume the audience knows everything. Mm. Yeah, like in that sort of Ready Player One, you're not a good nerd if you don't get all these references. Kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um. Also, there's a lot of CG around, like Domino doing her thing and stuff. Yeah. Um. Although I, I really liked using Domino in that the car chase scene in the sense that like 
it kind of shows up how much of that stuff just goes right in normal action movies that yeah. shouldn't. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it, it's not even – they don't hang a lantern on it, but that feels very purposeful that they're yeah. like, this this should never work, but it does, and yet it works in every action movie right. kind of a thing. It, it's why, like, the guy called Pete works so well mm. because it, it shows up the, the contrast between the action hero, superhero types and regular people so well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that the other problem with this movie, of course, that's the same as the first movie, is incredibly weak bad guys. Yeah. Like, Cable's not really – I mean, he's kind of an antagonist. Yeah, not a – But he's not, not a villain. villain. No. Um, and um, although they didn't play up the flirting between Deadpool and Cable as much as I thought, they're much more into Deadpool and Colossus in the movies, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me if that's a Josh Brolin thing. It like might he be, but doesn't seem to have. He plays it really straight, and he also doesn't seem to have a lot of sense of humor about those kind of things. But I, I don't know. It might be, but it also might be just the direction they wanted to go in with this, because like they might not want um, Deadpool to have that kind. Like it, they might play it up later more. Yeah, yeah, is what I mean. Because like it, in this one, it's very they're very much adversaries more mm. than being. Um, it would be like if he kept commenting on how hot Ajax was in the first one. Yeah. Um, like, Ed Screen's a good-looking guy, but, it, it yeah, I, I, I was kind of glad it wasn't too flirty yeah. antagonistic. Yeah. Um, and, and also, yeah, he they played Cable so straight. Yes. Not in the <laughs> sexuality sense, in the, like, he is the yeah. straight man sense. There was no winking in that at all. It was right. very much straight man. So I think that that just kind of makes sense for the character that they had in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I actually really – I prefer the Deadpool and Colossus flirting. It's more fun. It is more – yeah, it's more fun and it's it would be – it's a little less like – because Colossus likes Deadpool, so it's a little less mm. like, you know, icky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Oh, you know which character I really can't stand, though? Aside from TJ Miller, who's boring in this as well. It's yeah. not even funny. I, it feels like they – tried to minimize his part and yeah. it just wasn't that good yeah you probably do know exactly which character i can't stand actually because i think i sighed audibly every time he was on screen but i don't like dopinder at all he icks me out and like just he's so kind of the 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 double play of him being so wide-eyed and innocent but also evil is creepy to me and not funny to me does that make sense yeah i don't i don't like him and I don't find him funny or interesting. Like, I just – but I think it's also because I distinctly remember him as kidnapping his – like, it was his brother, I think. Yeah. Like, he kidnaps his brother because they both like the same girl or something. And from that point on, I was like, no, he's gross. Yeah. I don't – he's sexist and gross and I don't like him. So, I think – Yeah, I didn't – I hadn't remembered – I couldn't remember that bit in that much detail. But I just – he just didn't seem to – gel well with the team and they seem mm. to have minimized his role just because they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, he I you know, I don't like him. I really don't like the character. Right. I'd just rather him not be there. Um and that servile thing too. Yeah. Like he's he's creepy and icky and yeah. Just not enjoyable as a character for me. And if they cut out the whole like that whole side Plot. I love Blind Owl. I'd love to, for her to yes. stick around, but I'd be perfectly happy for Weevil and Dopinda to not be part of the next movie. Like that, I don't like them. They don't really add anything. No. Um. Yeah. Are we ready to wrap this up? 
because yeah. I should have left like 20 minutes ago. Right. No worries. Um, let's get, get you going so you can get the dog home. Um, yes. I'm going to go with three and a half stars. I think I gave the first one three stars. I feel like so I gave the first one four, so I'm going for three and a half for this. You feel like you gave the first one four? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I think I'm going to go from three to three and a half. I think I gave the first one three. Mm. But because this is like, I feel like this is funnier. I feel like I laughed more and like the jokes were a little better. Yeah. Um, and the performances, I think for me, really sealed the deal. They were great. Yeah. But it, yeah, the storytelling, storytelling problems is still huge for me. Yeah. Like I can't go above that because it's just not. No. Yeah. Um, and I would agree. I can't, I can't go above that. Um, okay, so thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on Tumblr. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.